I am an uncommon church builder. I am leading second. Hey everyone, I'm Brandon Stewart and welcome back to the Leading Second podcast where we're on a mission to raise up uncommon church builders and be the kind of leaders that our pastors would absolutely kill to have on the team. Welcome back to another episode and wherever you're listening to this from today, I trust you're well. Uh, I have to say, we say it often at Leading Second, but we consider it the honor of a lifetime to have a voice into your life, into your leadership, into your church. Uh, We don't take it lightly that you uh, turn this on every single week. And so uh, just from the bottom of my heart, a big thank you. And I pray this is helping you. If, If this podcast is resonating with you, I would encourage you to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Uh, Maybe even leave us a rating or a comment and consider sharing it with someone who may not know about the podcast yet, or if you're a leader or a lead pastor, uh, even consider sharing it with your team. We would just um, highly value being able to come alongside you and serve your team by bringing to you a weekly installment of leadership from the second chair. So welcome back to another great episode. I'm so excited about what we're going to talk about today. Before we get there, I want to mention to you that we are gearing up for another awesome quarter of coaching groups through Leading Second. Coaching groups are my great love in our ministry, and it's where we take 12 weeks and we meet in small groups of leaders on video calls, and we we cover some material, we get in the leadership gym, we call it, and um, this is kind of our personal training aspect of Leading Second. If you or anyone you know is interested in a coaching group, head to leadingsecond.com and uh, check out the information. Apply today. A space is limited and is already filling up, and groups begin uh, at the beginning of October with registration cutting off before then. So you're definitely going to want to act fast and uh, let us know you're interested in a fall coaching group. We would love to come alongside you and spend the fall with you and get in the leadership gym with you. Also, before we get to our interview today, uh, every episode we take a question from a listener of the Leading Second podcast uh, who's also a member of the Leading Second Forum on Facebook. And uh, we love to interact on our Facebook forum. Make sure you're a part of that if you're not already. And this week we had an awesome question uh, come in from a listener. So let's check this out. My name is Mason Orme, and I attend Vive Church in Palo Alto, California. And my question is, can staying healthy or being more health conscious help within leading a ministry or even being a part of a ministry? When I look at this, I also think of like, you know, I'm constantly working on staying active and healthy for my career as well as for my wife. So I'm Wondering if this can be also um, effective for my ministry as well. Well, Mason, I loved this question. Thank you for sending it in. And uh, I guess let me just offer to you a thought on health that uh, my pastor, I've heard him say for a long time, and that's simply this thought, you can't go where your body won't take you. In other words, God can have big 
plans for you and he can have a lot in his heart he wants to do through you. But you will never go and you will never do what your body isn't able to keep up with. In other words, uh, sometimes we don't have a problem with God wanting to do more. We create physical problems for ourselves for not maintaining our bodies in a healthy way. So let's just say, first of all, this is a no condemnation and no shame answer because I speak not as somebody who has mastered this, but on someone who does try. And I also want to say as we answer this that we're not just talking about being healthy, you know, so that we have abs or, so you know, so that we can one-up someone in the gym. Uh, you know, I guess that's all fine and good. Um, the reason we wanted to talk about staying healthy today is because it allows us to go the distance. The Bible tells us to run to win. And I'm not sure how we can do that if we're not taking care of ourselves personally. Uh, Here's a couple thoughts I jotted down on staying healthy. First of all, staying healthy adds to our credibility and it adds to the effectiveness of our voice. You know, the Bible tells us that as leaders that, you know, how can we expect people to follow us if we don't manage our households well, our personal lives well. And when we do... It, it adds to the credibility of what we're saying. Uh, secondly, when you're staying healthy, it provides a higher energy level. In other words, you're just able to go faster. You're able to handle more and do it with more of a life-giving spirit rather than a drained spirit because you're healthy, because you're full of energy. And number three I wrote down in terms of staying healthy, it helps you stay in rhythm. In other words, so much about being healthy isn't about, you know, being perfect, but it's about having the right rhythm and having the right pace and being consistent about the things that matter most. And when we have a commitment to health, we often get those things right. I do want to leave with you one big thought for today in terms of being healthy, and that's this. When your leader calls, or more importantly, when God calls, you want to be able and be in the position to respond willingly and readily. And in order to do that, that means you have to be healthy and you have to have proper margin. I know there's been times where my leader, my pastor needed me to step up to the plate, you know, to sacrifice, to go the distance for him. And if my life is fraying at the seams, if I'm not healthy financially, if I'm not healthy physically, if I'm not healthy in my marriage, I won't be able to do that. I won't be able to respond readily and willingly like I want to if I'm not living and conducting my life in a healthy manner with proper margin. And so I just want to encourage you today to, um, if this is an area that you're not winning in, to start today, to begin to do something, even something small, but something practical that would begin to help you develop some consistency and some rhythm. Again, it's more than about one-upping someone at the gym. It's more than, you know, about impressing someone. This is about being able to run strong and and go the distance and fulfill uh, the plan of God for your life and for your ministry. And I don't know how we do that if we're not taking care of ourselves in, in every way, including ourselves physically. So thanks, Mason. 
uh, for that question. And thank you for all that you do for helping people uh, stay healthy. If you have a question you'd like to ask on the podcast, um, I'd encourage you to head to the Leading Second Forum on Facebook, send us a DM or find the forum on there, ask your question, and we would love to bring you onto a future episode of the podcast. Okay, so for today's episode, I am excited to introduce to you some of our team at Leading Second, some of our coaches for our Leading Second coaching groups. I thought it would be interesting for you to hear from uh, some of our team, and in this case, a few of the leaders who have stepped up to the plate uh, to coach others. All three of these leaders we're going to be talking to today serve in an executive pastor role in their churches, and these are churches of various sizes in various parts of the country, in the U.S. and Canada. All of them are exceptional leaders, and they're some of the hungriest and most coachable people I've ever met. And today we're going to dive into the idea of increasing your personal capacity. It's the theme of our coaching groups, and I believe this conversation will help you today. So let's head over to my conversation with our leading second coaches. All right. So for today's episode, I am joined with uh, some of our team of the leading second coaches from our coaching groups and uh, wanted to introduce some of them to you today. And we're going to have a conversation today, I believe, is going to help you. First of all, I am joined by Keith Knoll, who is on the team at Renew hey, Life what's Church. Up, everybody? What's up? What's up? Renew Life Church what's in going on? Midland, Texas, in oil country. Oil country. Oil country. <laughs> we have uh, oil and cowboy hats here in Texas. That's exactly what we think <laughs> up here in Seattle. So um, anyways, we're glad you're here. Glad you're on our team. Uh, thank you for all you do for Leading Second. I'm also joined by one of our newer coaches, but so glad to have her on the team, uh, Girly Gordy from the Movement Church in Orange hey, hey. County, uh, California. Come it's, on. it's a tough assignment having to be on a team in Orange County. You just have no idea. No idea. <laughs> Absolutely. Great. We love it here. Absolutely suffering for Jesus. Um, yeah, come on. Uh, staff meetings on the beach. It's awesome. And uh, lastly, <laughs> I am joined by my uh, friend John Hatto from uh, hey. Vantage Church in Toronto. And How's it uh, going? John is officially my uh, friend with my favorite accent. And yep. so we're just going to have him talk the whole time. And I just think everybody will like that a lot better. That's, that's the only reason my wife married me was my accent. So, you know, that's kind of how we roll. I'm used to it. I love it. I love it. Well, first of all, I want to say thank you to all three of you for all you do for Leading Second. And in particular, our coaching groups. Coaching groups are really one of my main loves of Leading Second, we started them actually about a year ago uh, just as an experiment to see if we could help some leaders. And we've we've had a, a really successful year of, of seeing young leaders in churches all across the U.S., across Canada, uh, take new steps in their leadership journey. But I just appreciate how the, the three of you and our other coaches, you know, are, help us lead the groups and speak life into our, our group participants. So I just, first of all, wanted to say thank you for being on the team. Thank you for loving uh, Leading Second. You guys are um, some of our favorite people, and um, we just we think the world of you are. And you're all a part of great churches with great pastors, and mm -hmm. um, we just feel really blessed yeah. we get to 
we get to do this together. So as is the theme for our coaching groups um, every quarter, today we're going to dive into the idea of increasing your personal capacity, increasing your personal capacity. And um, I just feel like this is one of those topics that makes or breaks a leader. I have to, first of all, give credit to one of my earliest mentors, Pastor Eddie Windsor. He pastors a church in Palm Springs in California now. Um, He spoke these words into my life uh, very, very early on in ministry, and they were incredibly formative. They, They changed my life, and I'm simply doing my part to help change other leaders' lives now today. So I just, first of all, have to give Honor where honor is due. And uh, today we're just going to dive in and have a really honest, upfront conversation um, on these topics. So I want to get started today with the first question, and anyone who wants to jump in can take a stab at this. Um, you know, we live in a culture that talks a lot about balance. Uh, in fact, in Leading Second, this is one of the main questions we ever get is on balance. People saying, How do you balance family and ministry? or people needing balance. But In reality, I don't think it's balance that people are after. I just think when people ask that question in some way, shape, or form, they're just feeling ineffective. They're they're feeling out of their depth Mm. and maybe maybe responsibilities have expanded and they don't quite know, you know, how to handle it. I just wonder, first of all, um, if any of you have ever found yourself in that place in ministry? Because to me, this is a capacity Uh, issue. (laughs) And maybe we could talk the whole time just about this, but talk to us about a time where you feel like you found yourself, you know, out of your capacity. You know, I think for a lot of us in the second chair, we, we tend to win, uh, we wear a lot of different hats and we have to do a lot of different things. And when it comes to all the different areas that we have to jump in and out of, it can seem a lot of times, at least for me, um, when I when I was in that role, I just felt ineffective because I was trying to be effective in so many areas. Yeah. And it, it was almost it was just overwhelming at times to where, you know, I didn't know what to do in the small group area. And then I didn't know what to do in the facility area. And I didn't know what to do in the youth area. And then, you know, two weeks go by and I felt like, you know, I haven't done anything. I haven't done anything for the kingdom. You know, nothing has advanced. Nothing has moved forward. All I've done is bounce around and put out fires, you know. And, um, you know, we we talk about this a lot in our coaching groups, just like, you know, our our life or our ministry shouldn't just be about responding to things, you know, but that we're Mm -hmm. actually going after things and advancing things. But man, I've, I've so found myself multiple times, um, in ministry just because I think, you know, we're dealing with people here and, um, they can, their needs don't happen on a schedule (laughs) (laughs) and and our areas don't necessarily just happen with a, with a schedule in mind. So, uh, it it is, there's so many times that um, I've felt ineffective in what, what I've been doing. Well, and all three of you in your various churches serve in executive pastor type roles. I mean, your responsibilities may vary a bit to bit between the three of you, but you all sort of sit in a in a seat that, you know, works directly with your pastor and leads a staff team or leads, you know, helps helps serve a greater team of leaders. And so no doubt, you know, you probably started somewhere else in ministry, but along the way, uh, things got harder. 
you know, things increased. How, how have you all learned to handle, I guess, some of those seasons as, as ministry responsibilities increased? I think, I think a big part of it is definitely, uh, I've always found God, you know, when he calls you to something fresh, like there is obviously that stretching season. Um, but I've also found he's, he's super faithful in the way that he leads you through it. And I think, I think the big thing is not, not quitting when you feel like things are too hard is, is, it's so easy to kind of be tempted to throw in the towel um, and just and just jump ship. But I think, you know, what I've found is that, you know, in the same way that progressively as time goes on, as your calling grows, there's, you know, there's more responsibility attached to that. I think, you know, when you're willing to do that journey, you take it day by day, you know, there's actually, you know, there's definitely a, a responsibility growth. But there's also a desire to say, okay, I actually want to, I want to go the distance with this thing, uh, and I think God sees that and He honors that. Um, and and there is definitely a, that stretch; you feel it from the inside. Um, but I think too, it's it's understanding, especially our roles as executive pastors, if you like. Um, I think part of the stretch is that you are starting to not just oversee one area, as Keith said. You know, but there's there's multiple different areas, and so you are responding to what your pastor is asking of you, but you're also then, you know, almost as, uh, acting as a translator for the people coming after you. And That's so right. you really set a tone for how everybody else responds. Um, it, you know, if you're not willing to, to grow and to stretch and to follow, uh, even into the discomfort, uh, the people that we're leading aren't going to follow either. And so, so there's definitely that kind of, you're no longer just doing it for you and you're no longer just doing it for a department. You're actually doing it for every person that you lead. Uh, and I think that that's, that's something that wakes me up every morning and kind of says, okay, I, I want to be on my game because I owe it to the people that I'm leading. And I also owe it to my pastors, you know? That's great. It's really good. John, you mentioned the idea of being like a translator, you know, or interpreter of your pastor to the people, which I think is really interesting thought from the standpoint of, um, I feel like the people that follow all of us, respond more to our attitude and to our spirit than to our words. And so you can translate and say all the right things on behalf of your pastor. But if you're out of your depth and if you're not growing in your capacity, you're going to feel overwhelmed to people. You're going to feel anxious to people. You're going to feel unsure to people. And you're going to pass that down to your team. And so all the more reason if we are going to translate effectively on behalf of our pastors, don't you think we have to be growing into high capacity leaders ourselves, because if if we're out of our grace and if we're we're in over our heads, people will feel that and they will mm-hmm. respond to that, and yeah, that will yeah. that will hijack the culture of our teams. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I think I, I think it's where it's so crucial as leaders, um, you know, not to wait for the next big season before you actually put yourself into a process of growth. Um, yeah, I good. think. There's, there's there's a process of growth that is forced upon you by an outside circumstance, but there's also a decision that you make as a leader to say, you know what, even if I don't feel the stretch right now, I'm going to stretch myself. I'm going to go for some further education. So I'm going to put myself through that course. I'm going to find a mentor who will call things out in me um, so that when you actually find yourself in that fresh season, that new stretching season, you know, all of a sudden you're you're part way there. Like the, the stretch is not a sudden, you know, punch to the face, if you like, but it's actually something that you've gradually grown into anyway. Yeah. So very well said. You know, as I'm hearing John talk and 
while we're staying here, one of the, one of the things that really has helped me when it comes to a new role and sort of being over teams and things like that. And I think this just helps any leader is just to be honest with yourself about where you're really at, to be honest with yourself about your true capacity and to be honest with your senior pastor about where you're at. And that's some of the, the things, one of the things that we really hold dear here is, is just coming in and being honest where we're at, where our areas are at, where they need work. In other words, we don't just come in and always share all the wins, but we share right. the areas that we really need to work on. And I think for for a lot of leaders, we're afraid to be honest because we're if we're honest, we think maybe an area will be taken away from us. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I know that fear. And but that's exactly what it is. It's just a fear. It's a wrong motivation to keep something in. And just being wow. honest and being okay with where you're at, knowing that you're you're going somewhere, that you're wanting to increase. Uh, you know, one of the things, Brandon, you've always said is just find somebody who's doing it better than you are. Talk to somebody who's doing it better than you are and yeah, find so that mentor. And it, it's hard to do that if you're not honest with yourself. Yeah, so and, good. Um, so just honesty is a, is a big thing for me. So um, in our coaching groups, one of the big things that uh, we talk about is this principle, the law of hard. This is one of those uh, principles I learned from my early mentor, the law of hard, whatever you find too hard is defining you. So if, if something comes down your way that ends up on your plate and your reaction is, I can't do that, that's too hard, you just found your capacity lid. Um, so girly, maybe, maybe kick us off on the law of heart. How did this law and learning this impact your life? And is there anything, I guess, in your world that you found, you know, previously that was too hard, but now you're, you've actually feel like you've grown into and you're doing it effectively. Whereas previously it was, you know, too much for you. Maybe just talk about the law of hard for a minute. Yeah. The idea of the law of hard really kind of haunted me when we first unpacked that. Um, because it, if when I was honest, I was really uncomfortable with the things that were defining me um, and defining my capacity when we defined it as the things that I found difficult or hard. And that really changed my perspective. And I had to start thinking, no, this isn't going to be the thing that defines me. Um, this right. isn't going to be my lid because I'm going to push through this. And, um, so it honestly, I, I think about this law weekly, every time the thought crosses <laughs> my mind, that sounds like an awkward conversation to have with someone, you know, or, um, Ooh, that, that, that's too much. I can't do this all. Um, so I, I think about it constantly, but I think some things, um, specifically that I've had to to grow through and kind of overcome that lid. Um, One of the things for me was really having tough and awkward conversations. Um, I think, especially with the role that we play, um, we are often, like John said, the the translator, but the middleman um, between carrying out our pastor's vision and, and bringing it to other team members that we lead. And sometimes, the conversations are not always pretty <laughs> and you're winning and right. this is great. Sometimes it's, you know, Hey, this isn't hitting the, the standard and it's not okay. What's happening here. And here's some specific things 
that have to change. And um, to be honest, those conversations really terrified me, um, especially when you're meeting people that you have real relationship with. Yeah, this is not true. just yeah. a job. Up and, and we don't all just punch in time clocks and hey here's your review and I hope you get better so we don't have to fire you <laughs> it right. works that way you know mm-hmm. these are real people and so I had to really shift my mindset to these conversations are so vital to our church they're vital to the leader I'm having them with to become who they're called to be and they're vital for me that I can't just cannot define my leadership that I'm not willing to go there so I think that's one of the big things that I've really applied that specific principle to you. That's really good. Really good. So another thing we talk about in our coaching groups is the idea of running faster, but also running healthier. In other words, I believe the Bible tells us to run to win. And I believe that there is um, scripture behind the idea of maximizing our moment and doing everything that God has assigned and called us to do. Having said that, um, we're of no good when we are fried and injured and burned out and running in an unhealthy manner. So to me, it's not an either or. We have to run strong and healthy simultaneously. And so I think we talk about this. I think even in our coaching sessions on our in our groups, we find ourselves often in this tension of of how do we navigate both of those things. So I just thought I'd open it up for any of you. How have, how are you navigating in your life that tension of running strong but also running healthy? I mean, what is that looking like for you as a leader right now? I think for me, it's really about taking adv- advantage of the rest periods in my life, if you want to call it that. It's about when I'm at home and when I'm with family, that I'm actually engaged, that I'm actually focused, that, um, you know, I'm purposeful about the time that I'm spending with them. And and I think a lot of times we as leaders, that's what we translate unhealthy. Whenever we think we're unhealthy, it usually probably goes to our family (laughs) and um, our family lives. And I don't necessarily think for me, it's that I'm too busy at my work. It's that maybe I don't take advantage of the times I'm not at work. And if I would do that, and if I would really um, be purposeful about that other time, then it wouldn't really seem like everything I'm doing at work is that big of a deal, or it's that big of a stretch, or that it's burning me out, um, because it, it really is a balanced life. And uh, so for me, just at this point in my life right now, that's what I'm doing. Mm, well said. I think for me, you know, uh, I've, I've really gone on a journey with this in the last few years. Um, I was in full-time youth ministry for six or seven years uh, before I transitioned into my current role. And, you know, when you're in your sort of early, even mid and then late 20s, you can kind of push hard in a lot of different areas. You know, the late nights don't really, you know, you don't struggle with them as much. And um, it's a little bit easier to manage burning the candle at both ends to a point. And then what I found was, you know, when I started to hit my late, my really late 20, like 29, 30, um, and over the last couple of years, I've, I've really had to learn to understand and listen to my body and the rhythms that it's putting out. And, um, you know, everything from, yes, you know, how I'm eating, what I'm eating. Um, but I think specifically for me, looking at, you know, my sleep habits, my sleep patterns, and, and what, I, what I tended to 
do is I'd almost deceive myself, um, you know, so I would, you know, if I was out doing ministry stuff until sort of 9 30, 10 PM uh, on a weeknight, I would, I would convince myself that I needed to come home and really unwind before I went to bed. And so what I would do is I would stay up for a couple more hours, you know, watching, watching a show on Netflix or whatever. And then, you know, the, the next morning I would still be trying to build this discipline of getting up early and, and you know, reading and, uh, spending time with, with you know, in, in quiet. And what I was finding is that as I, as my body started to change, my habits weren't changing. And so I would get to, you know, pushing myself really hard for a couple of weeks. And then I would just have this huge sort of crash on a, on a Saturday, I'd get a migraine. And, you know, like Keith said, it, it, it began to really affect my family. I've got three little kids. And so I found that it was really, it was my family time on a Saturday that was really suffering. And, you know, I'd be literally laying in bed at like one in the afternoon on a Saturday. And I, I used to feel really guilty about it. Cause I was thinking, man, like I'm leaving my wife to, to handle the kids on that day off, like all this stuff. And, and I just really got this conviction that, you know, I need to actually look at what I'm doing and that actually I, I may not be able to do it all. Um, but it's, it, you know, it's got to look differently. And, and, uh, and so when I stepped into this, you know, this new role, I really started to approach my schedule differently. And there's a great guy in our team, shout out to Matty. Um, but he, he's a phenomenal creative guy and he doesn't, you know, as you probably know, a lot of creatives don't usually work to a nine to five schedule. And so he really challenged me and he said, you know, it's not just about time management. It's also about energy management. You've That's got right. to be able to, to manage your energy. That's right. And so don't be so locked in. I mean, hopefully, you know, our, our pastors, our leaders in oversight over us have enough uh, foresight to be able to say, hey, like, you know, yes, I want you in the office X, Y, and Z. But, um, but if you're able to say to them, listen, I'm, I'm super effective in this, in this time frame. Um, and, and you're still that same level of output, um, but you've, you've learned how to manage your energy and manage your time and your energy. Uh, I think that's the real key element of leadership maturity that often goes overlooked. And so I, I think it's a really important thing to learn to manage your energy. Yep. I've, I've always bought into the idea that whatever it takes is a great way to start, but not a great way to continue. Meaning, yeah. you know, whenever you're starting yeah. something new, you always have a moment where you have to dig in and just get it done, you know, burn the candle at both ends, put in the hours. I mean, there is a, there are moments of sprinting like that that we will all have yeah. in our Absolutely. life. Because when you're running a race, a, even a, a marathon, there are moments you have to sprint. You got to pass somebody or you got to get up a hill or you got to, you know whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. but, but sprints are just brief moments. They're not the pace. And so yeah. we, you know, it's, it's a great, it's a great thing in a moment, but it's not a great way to continue because you end yeah. up, you end up, um, frying yourself, you know, in the pr- process, which actually leads me to this part of the conversation today. So millennials often get villainized as being lazy, right? Like that's one of the words we hear a lot that describe millennials is is the word lazy but there's actually new research coming out it's kind of fascinating there's new research coming out that says that is absolutely not the case that millennials are actually workaholics the 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 reason for the lazy stereotype is that we're in the information age now not the industrial age and so work is now done on a computer not done you know in a factory so first of all work is is done sitting down not you know, maybe in front of a machine or an assembly line. 
And then secondly, work is not just done nine to five. Work is done at all hours of the day because our work is available to us all hours of the day. So they actually say that our generation, as we age, are actually still prone to being workaholics. Um, and and we're, we're absolutely burning the candle at both ends because we can work at midnight if we want to work at midnight. And I, I would just argue this for any young leaders listening. Increasing your capacity is not about working harder. And it's not about working longer hours. It's about becoming more effective. It's about mm. getting in yeah. your lane, about getting in your pace and in your brilliance. So just to keep unpacking this, I mean, how have you all, you all have a lot of responsibilities on your plate. How are you avoiding the workaholism, you know, thing while still being highly effective, you know, while still delivering everything that your role is demanding that you deliver right now? Yeah, I'll take that on a little bit. Um you know, I really had to come to a point where I realized that whatever magic tomorrow that's going to be better than today <laughs> is not coming. Um, there's no <laughs> time season that is just going to be roses and there's not going to be a million things. And it's never going to slow down after the next thing, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, right. It's, it's, so true. it's not coming. So at some point we have to, to recognize that and think, okay, if, if, the magic tomorrow is not on the horizon, then what do I have to do today that is going to change uh, how effective I am everywhere? And and that means I have to get realistic about what I can and can't do. And most of the things that we do, we don't actually need to be doing. There's people that are waiting in the wings <laughs> to, to run after their purpose. And we're actually stopping them from doing it because we're holding on to it. Um, so I've had to start delegating and empowering and raising people up. And, and that's actually the most effective thing I can do today to change the workload for tomorrow. Um, so that's the biggest thing for me. And then, of course, like incorporating some of the stuff you guys have already been talking about with being healthy and going to bed at, on time and getting up at the time that I want to get up and just creating some daily checkpoints that are non-negotiable again <laughs> totally. not coming. well and if you feel like if you feel like what you're supposed to be doing causes you to have to violate healthy rhythms causes you to have to violate a sabbath it, it, you know, if you're if you're if you are trying to do so much that you have to violate those things i i would argue if it's even expected of you from god because um, I just don't believe he puts so much on us that we have to be Superman, Superwoman, and we have to violate all margin. I believe he gives us grace and gives us time as long as we are maximizing the moments that he does give us, you know, and and doing it in a, in a healthy way. Absolutely. You know, one of the things that I, I struggle with is, is, uh, is message prep. You know, there's times where I'm on the platform a lot and and I will put in hours and hours and hours. And it was just this last week I was doing the same thing. I'd, I'd written my message. I was preaching on Sunday because that's when all the good preachers preach is on Labor Day weekend. And, um, <laughs> and um, so I put in the time and then I come up here on Saturday and and here I am looking over my notes and, you know, three hours, four hours, five hours go by. And I'd gotten to a point where it was like, okay, um, I literally, I mean, I was frustrated. I was just frustrated because I didn't feel like I had a flow to my message, didn't know how it was going to go. And I just 
packed up stuff and went home and, and mostly just out of spite, you know, like it wasn't necessarily a healthy thing. Like, man, I trust God so much. I'm just going to go home. It really wasn't like that. I was just done. I was done. And sure enough, Sunday comes, everything goes great. As usual, God shows up, his anointing is there. You know, we, we, we know that. And I just, for me, the thing that's helped me try and balance that out is just trying to find the line where it's like, okay, Keith, you're trying to control this mm-hmm. and you're, you're stepping over into the territory that God belongs. Yeah, yeah. Come on. And he's the one that brings the growth. He's the one that, that makes things happen. And, and so if it, yeah. in a message or in a ministry, however you want to apply that, it's like, okay, I'm, I'm going to set down my work today because I've given it my all. I've given it everything that I have. And this is the rhythm that I'm in. So now it's time to go and it's time to trust God. It's time to leave those things in his hand and know that it's not me that's making ministry work. (laughs) It's him that makes it work. It's him that brings the super on the natural things that we do and make things supernatural. And so uh, that's really hard for me. uh, But I I try and find that line with whatever I'm doing and make sure I don't cross it. Well said. Well said. That's correct. Okay, last question for you guys today. Um, you've all been, you know, a part of coaching groups now in, you know, through Leading Second. I think Keith and John, you may have even been a part of it from the beginning. Um, mm-hmm. Been in all my groups. Mm-hmm. So I, first of all, I can't believe you stuck around this long, and you haven't got <laughs> haven't got sick of it all yet. Um, it's because of John's accent. That's why I've yeah, been here this whole I time. I agree. That's why. That's why I'm still here too. Totally. <laughs> Totally agree. Um, but let's wrap it up with this. Um, what have you personally gained out of being part of a coaching group? I mean, how is being part of a group like that and putting yourself intentionally in what we call the leadership gym, how has that uh, made a difference in your life? I think for me, um, I think part of the reason, I, you know, honestly, Brandon, it's, it's been an honor and a privilege for sure. Um, and I'm sure Keith and, and Gully would say the same. Um, you know, I think one of the things for me, part of the reason I love even just being in as a, as a coach, if you like, is that it doesn't matter how many times I hear this material, it, it's something jumps off the page to me different each time, you know, and, um, you know, I can be in a a whole week full of meetings, but then I come to this one call and I may not even say a whole lot some of the times, but I'm, you know, I'm sitting there and it's like, you know, this, this one thought jumps off the page and it's, it's speaking to me exactly where I'm at. Maybe it lines up with something that I've read and, you know, as I've been doing my devotional or whatever it looks like. And, you know, I've, I've literally seen my leadership journey change. Um, and the way that I lead change because of the things that I'm, I'm learning, the things that I'm being challenged with, um, the conversations that I'm having with, different leaders, both, you know, in oversight over me, but also those that I'm leading uh, as a result of some of the sessions in the coaching group. And so it's, it's just like constant sharpening of the ax and, uh, and I don't love it. I love it so much. So good. Yeah. I think for me, um, the content's so great and I, I don't want to take anything away from that, but it's been so fun to kind of you know, be in a virtual room of leaders that are all sharing their experiences and it's a safe place to, to say, 
I'm hitting this wall and I don't know how to, to get past it. And it's been great to hear even the responses to, to those things. And it, without fail, every week there's been just kind of this, you know, for lack of better language, Holy Spirit moment that like this phrase was said that yep. just was exactly yeah. what I wanted, to, what I needed at that time to just go to the next level with my leadership. Yeah. Um, so and, and I can't even put that into words or quantify it well, but just being in that, that space and, and allowing people to, to speak into that, it's, it's been a game changer for me. That's so good. That's so good. And Keith, I'm going to give you the final question here. You've been, you actually have a background in sports. Um, you have a background being in coaching environments. So, so finish off with this question. Why does everyone need a coach? Cause we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, honestly, when you're, whatever you're doing, especially relating it back to my sports background, playing football for many years, spending some time in the NFL and in college, you know, it never fails. When someone is watching you like a coach, they see things that you will never see. They see you make movements that you didn't even thought that you made that you, you you know, you, when you are doing it, uh, we just all have blinders. We all have blind spots. And there's something about having a coach in your life and that that can just come alongside you and say, hey, look, you took a wrong step here. Maybe this is a better step to take, a more efficient way to go, uh, a, a more efficient throw, you know, however that translates over into ministry. And, you know, we, we really just don't have all the answers. And I am so all about team mm-hmm. <laughs> and in the help of others and the value that brings to to my life the value that's brought to my life has been unbelievable and so we just all need that in our life we all need someone who knows it a little bit better and um, even if they don't even if you wouldn't consider they know it better they're just on the outside looking in and and that perspective i think is a game changer for anyone Mm -hmm. absolutely and and i'm just gonna boldly say today to every one listening to this episode that everyone listening needs a coach. And I believe in this so much that I'm even going to say, you know, with leading second, it would be our honor to be able to play a part of that role in your life. But even if it's not us, like, like find someone, chase them down and intentionally put yourself around people that are going to look at your blind spots, that are going to stretch you, that are going to grow you, that are going to have your back. We all need that as as leaders and i think so much of what i'm even attempting to unpack over these weeks with leading second is just the idea of what mentors spoke into my life in a very early season and coaches you know have given me along the way so i pray this this is helping everybody listening so hey thank you guys so much for uh, a few minutes today and thank you for all you do for leading second um just praying that that uh, god's grace is going to continue to be on your lives, on your pastors, and on your churches as we do this together. Amen. Awesome, man. Thanks, Brandon. Thank you. Thank you. If this podcast has resonated with you, we would love to hear from you. I want to encourage you to head over and leave us a rating or a comment uh, and even share the podcast with someone who doesn't know about it. We would just consider it the honor of a lifetime to have a voice into your world every single week. I also want to encourage you to head over to leadingsecond.com and get a signed up for a fall 
coaching group. Registration closes on Thursday, September 20th, and groups begin at the beginning of October. So you're not going to want to miss our uh, coaching groups this fall through Leading Second. Well, until next time, let me say uh, we love you. Uh, We believe in you. If you are serving in the second chair, thank you for all that you do for the kingdom and thank you for all that you do for your pastor. Let's run strong for the kingdom and lead in an uncommon way together. Uh